and homage on their knees. What a reception. What a tribute. What a crap game. <laughs> Has California changed much since you were here last time? Oh, yes, it has. It has. It has. I, I, maybe, maybe you don't know it, you understand? You were here all the time. You probably don't see it the way I do. I see where the gas station now have what you call girl attendance. Oh, sure. I didn't know that. It's the first time I ever saw grease pits with doilies. Well, anyway, listen. <laughs> I never thought, though, oh, Mrs. Stewart, I never thought the day would come when I could get my windshield wiped and my face slapped at the same time. <laughs> what have you been doing with yourself since you arrived, Al? Well, a little bit. Well, oh, no, listen. Listen, I, I've been spending my evening entertaining the boys at the Hollywood Canteen. And, and listen, Carlton, it's a great place. Something doing every minute. Yesterday, yesterday a girl from the shipyard won what they call the Jitterbug Contest. But she was disqualified. Why? Well, for having hot rivets in her back pocket. <laughs> And Carlton, oh, already I'm doing it. Listen, yeah. I, I was talking to Annie Sheridan. Annie Sheridan, you know. And she was telling me how much she likes the soldiers and the sailors. But she won't go out with Marines at all. Oh, why not? Well, she's tired of getting all scratched up by the Good Conduct Medal. <laughs> Don't fool me. And now... And now I'd like to present the man who's been A-W-O-L from the G-A-R. The dream man. The dream boat, I should say, of all the lady barbers. The victory gardener with the sandy spinach. Here he is, folks. Monty Woolley. Hello, Monty. Hello, Monty. How are you? I'm fine, Albert, but don't tell me how you are. Let me wish. <laughs> Let me wish. Let me see where I am. Let me wish. There's another page here. I gotta have four. Where is it? Let me wish. Oh, Monty, that's not nice. After all, I composed such a beautiful poem of welcome your honor. Just listen to this. Oh, carry me west where the spaces are wider, and a man carves his meat with a cleaver. Then I'll pretend that I am Red Ryder, and Monty's my little pal, Little Beaver. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Albert. Yeah. I've prepared an odorous ode for you, too. Uh-huh. Here it is. Pork chops are red and uh, canned goods are blue. If ham is so scarce, why don't they ration you? <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't think that's very funny, Marty. You're not being very nice to me. Well, why should I be? Where's the big Hollywood reception you promised me? I'm prepared to exchange pleasantry with the peasantry. So bring on the distinguished committee of prominent local dopes. Nice remark. What do you mean, dopes? I invited all the civil officials, a lot of scars and society people, and even a couple of butchers. Now, Albert, you lured me west with promises of a royal reception, brass bands, beauteous maidens, strewing rose petals and orchids, and see coupons in my pack. <laughs> now, Marty, look, they'll be here, so don't get yourself in a tizzy. Don't get in a tizzy. But what hurts me most, you promised me champagne cocktails with Harry Lamar. And what did I get? A seven-up with Judy Canova. <laughs> it's all right. You made a hit with Judy. She says you're the type of a man who would be so nice to stay home from. Mm-hmm. Now... <laughs> But remember, sticks and stones may break my bones, but your corny cracks smell up the microphone. <laughs> Furthermore, unless you produce the oaths with the ovation, I shall leave this program 
flatter than it is now. Now, Marty, believe me, listen, I'm arranging everything just I promised. I wouldn't double-cross you. Look at me. Look at me. Isn't Alzi your palsy walsy I think I'm going to be sick. <laughs> now, don't be like that. Don't be like that. Try to be nice. Look, you haven't met our new California cast yet, have you? No, and I'm looking forward to it with utter loathing. <laughs> oh, cut it out. Let the nice people see the other side of your character. The good, gentle side. The soft, woolly side. <laughs> yes, yes. I can be nice if I want to. But I don't want to. <laughs> Monty, please don't holler like that. I know that there's a heart of gold underneath that gruff exterior. Ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow night, East Lynn. What? Monty, never mind those facts about East Lynn. Listen, I know something about you. You're a softie. You can't hide it from me. Get this. I was out at the Red Cross Blood Bank today, and I learned you've been there just ahead of me. Oh, nothing yet. Nothing yet. That's quite a lot. How did you know it was I? Well, they said somebody just given a pint of sulfuric acid, so it had to <laughs> Stand, Albert, that you were more generous than I was. Really? They told me they got four quarts of borscht out of you. <laughs> I hate you. Forget those jokes, Marty. I want you to meet our new announcer, Carlton Cadell. Now, oh, see, this is a great moment for me. I've seen all your pictures and your plays. You don't know how happy I am to meet you, Mr. Wookie. Wookie. Remind me to write you a poison pen letter. And mind you, there's our new office leader, Gordon Z. Jenkins. Well, there must be more to him than that. <laughs> Hiya, Pappy. Press the flesh. Hey, Al. Where's this old moose? Moose? Scram, you toothpick Toscadini. <laughs> and here, here is our new little singer, Miss Joe Stafford. Come over here, honey. Don't be afraid of Mr. Woolley. He won't hurt you. Well, I don't know about that. He looks exactly like a wolf neck piece I once owned. On you, I'd look good. Go away, Marty. Go away. Go away while I say something nice about Miss Stafford. This, ladies and gentlemen, is a debut on our program. And, folks, I'm here to talk for Joe. And as the kids say, she has a pair of pipes that are simply zoot. Step right up to the mic, Joe, and give the people little a man or with a candy cigar. Pensive mood for such a little man sitting all alone, chin cupped in your hand. Don't let me disturb your dreaming. Better do. Would you 
get a white horse Oh, do you just And I walk on Pasadena with my hair full of orange blossom. I'm telling you, I was a breath of spring. Really, I was. <laughs> yeah, I bet you were, Al. But do you know anyone can always be sure of having a breath as sweet as the breath of spring simply by using Colgate's tooth powder or Colgate's toothpaste twice a day and before every day? It's a funny thing, but you remind me of a fellow in New York named Fred Utell. Yes, also let me Jeffrey. also remind you of this. Colgate's powder or paste cleans yeah. your breath while it cleans your teeth. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yes, scientific tests have proven conclusively that in seven cases out of ten, about the other Colgate three? stops oral unpleasing breath instantly. Yeah. You see, Colgate's bursts into a lively, active, penetrating foam that swirls and bubbles through the tiny hidden crevices between your teeth. Oh, Santa Monica. Goes to work right where much oral unpleasing breath starts. Yeah. Leaves your whole mouth feeling wonderfully cool and refreshed. If you'll excuse me now, Carl, I'm going to take a powder. Of you course, see? take the powder or the paste. Yes. Just so long as long as it's Colgate, yes, we'll clean your teeth thoroughly and safely, too. Of course, of course, of course. Yes, Colgate brings out all the natural sparkle and brilliance of your teeth. Natural, natural. So, for a breath that's sweet and a smile that dazzles, ask for Colgate's tooth powder or Colgate's toothpaste tonight. Remember, Colgate cleans your breath while it cleans your teeth. Ta-da! Well, Monty, now we're here in California. I think that we'd better find ourselves a place to... Come in. Is there a party named Woolley on the premises? I'm Mr. Woolley. What do you want? I'm an inspector from the state agriculture... <coughs> agriculture... Agriculture... Inspector Department. Yeah, we got a law that all plant life coming into California must be inspected. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You can't insult my friend away. What's that got to do with Woolley? Mr. Woolley sneaked across the state border without getting an okay for that beard. And under what category does my beard come? Monty, look, don't argue. It's either a shrub or a bush. I don't know. <laughs> now, just answer these questions. Ever suffer from beet beetles, potato bugs, or gophers in a goatee? No. Until you made your appearance, I have rarely been troubled with vermin of any kind. <laughs> Mediterranean fruit fly, seven-year locusts, a rutabaga rust. Well, how about... As you just arrived in Hollywood, and knowing that you would like a comfortable place to live, might I offer you our facilities? I assure you, you'll find our accommodations just what you've been accustomed to. Well, we're looking for a permanent place to live. Oh, I assure you, our place is permanent. Good, good. I think we can make a deal. Now, who do you represent? The La Brea Tar Pits. Drop in. <laughs> 
That must be young Mr. Pitting South. Well, my little April fool. My little April fool, I've had enough. Goodbye. I have a pressing engagement to toast marshmallows with a group of campfires. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't be like that, Marty. Stick around. What is this, a bunch of woodpeckers here tonight? Come in, come in. Excuse me, Mr. Jolson? Sure, and that's me. I understand that you're uh, looking for a cook. One who can also do the cleaning and washing and ironing and don't want a lot of money. That's right. Well, if you find two of them, would you send one over to my house? <laughs> Here, Goon Boy. Goon Boy. Yes, Goon Boy. I refuse to dilly dally till doomsday in this decrepit dump, Goon Boy. I'm buzzing off. Now, wait a minute, Goon Boy. Wait a minute. I'm going to help you find an apartment. Of course, I've got to find a place for myself first. Why, Albert? Albert, I thought you leased the house next to Dolce Lamour. I did. I did. And have I got trouble? A house next to Lamour? Such trouble should happen to a gay old dog like you. Oh, yeah, well, look, Marty, I've got to move. You see, Miss Lamour complained that the electric eye on my garage door keeps looking into her bedroom. Now, I, I should never, I should never allow it to be talked to taking that house. Well, who talked you into it? I did, and I can't understand it because... Well, come in. Uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. I'm Mr. Pettigrew, the rental agent. Oh, you're just the man we're looking for. Who sent you? Uh, Dorothy Lamour. Oh. I represent the Chateau de la Termite apartment. <laughs> Sounds like an elegant place, Goon Boy. Listen. <laughs> what, do you think it'll meet our standards, Mr. Pettigrew? Have you ever accommodated a radio star? Oh, yes. And it would be a relief to get someone like you. What? Now, I know just the spot for you. I'll put you in 4F. I'm in that spot already. Now, look. <laughs> Tell me, is this place up to date? Oh, gracious, yes. The house has all the conveniences. There's ice water in every room. Sometimes it's up to your knees. Oh, really, I love it. Why, Mr. Pettigrew, listen, that's preposterous. I wouldn't be in a room with water on the floor. What do you expect for $80 a month? Mid julep? But haven't you you anything else? Possibly a room that doesn't leak so much? It's all right if it drools a little. But otherwise, I don't think I like it. What do you what do you think, Monty? I think it's about time I had a line to speak. <laughs> well, go ahead, speak, Goon Boy. Go well, look ahead. Here, look here, Mr. Pittenger. How about the heating facilities? Heating facilities in case we have in case. Oh, just in case yes. we have some cold nights. Oh, well. Well, in case we have some cold nights, you have your choice of an extra blanket or a picture of Betty Grable. <laughs> With this beard, do I need a blanket? Monty, look, you've talked enough. We'll take it, Mr. Gillipat. How, uh, how much are your uh, apartments? Mm-hmm. 500 a month. 500 a month? Why, that's outrageous. Is there a ceiling on those apartments? Oh, with a ceiling, it'll cost you eight hundred. Get out of here. Get out of here. Now, now here's Al Jolson with a song that he dedicated to all the men in our armed service. It's called American Boy. American Boy, you're the pride and joy of America. You're the hope of half the world. American boy, you're the flaming sword of America. When her battle flag unfurled in the cradle of liberty. This is how you came 
They took a bit of the whip of the Irish and put it on the tip of your tongue. They took the love of the latter for music and they poured it in your heart to be sung. They made the star-spangled banner so you could wave it. And when the world's in trouble, you could help to save it with a stiff of the grit of the British. They bless you with a courage nothing can destroy. And when they were through, we were mighty proud of you. Just a blame, a American boy. They took a bit of the wit of the Irish and put it on the tip of your tongue. They took the love of the Latin for music and they poured it in your heart to be strong. They made the star-spangled banner so you could wave it. And when the world's in trouble, you could help to save it from the souls of the Poles and the Russians. They bless you with a courage nothing can destroy. And when they were through, we were mighty proud of you. Just a plain American heart. You know, we all want to be popular with our friends, don't we? And especially with some particular friends. That's why it's so important to protect ourselves against unpleasing breath by using Colgate tooth powder or Colgate toothpaste twice a day and before every day. Because Colgate cleans your breath while it cleans your teeth. Yes, scientific tests have proved conclusively that in seven cases out of ten, Colgate stops oral unpleasing breath instantly. So, for a breath that's sweet and a smile that dazzles, get Colgate powder or paste tonight. And now Al Jolson brings you a message of vital importance from our government. Thank you, Carlton. And now, folks, our thanks to all the ladies for the splendid way they're getting behind the campaign to save waste cooking fast. Yes, Mrs. America, you're doing fine. Keep it up. For every single drop of waste fats of grease in your kitchen is vitally important to the war effort. Those waste cooking fats contain the glycerin needed to make explosives. Our boys out there on the firing line are doing great things. And it's up to us to see the jet munitions they need to keep on doing them. For every day, save at least a tablespoonful of waste fats. Strain these fats into a clean, smooth edge can. Any kind of clean fruit, vegetable, or soup can is a perfectly satisfactory container. When you save the pound or more, take it to your meat dealer. He'll see it's turned over to Uncle Sam promptly. And a few short weeks, it'll be on its way to help the boys at the front. And thank you tonight, ladies and gentlemen, for listening. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. KNX Los Angeles, the voice of Hollywood.